0: I should like to congratulate to all of you in coming to this place to try to find the knowledge about Dhamma. Besides this, I should like to have a clear understanding of why we come to listen to Dhamma at this early hour. It seems to be the tradition of the Buddhists to use this kind or to spend this time of hour to come to study about Buddhism or about Dhamma, because this hour of the day, it is the best, the best time of the day, because it's the time that we all of us just get up or work up or awake from the sleepiness and so it is the time when the mind is very really fresh to study about Tama. if when the day comes or the midday comes then all of us will get busy with all many activities and so That's why we would like to spend this early hour to study Tamak for the benefit of its own study. You may hear the cocks, the chickens, the hens are crowing at this minute or at this moment. And if we look into the forest, all the flowers are ready to bloom at this hour of the day also. And this is the nature, or is the nature of the nature. It is the time that very good starting, or very good beginning to do things that is useful, like study the dhamma. The Buddha was enlightened at this hour of the day, and we believe that all other great teachers would be enlightened on this hour of the day also. Until we feel that, we can say that at this hour of the day, it is the day that we should try to use its best and probably it is time for the enlightenment. Besides this, when you walk from the international center coming to this site of Mok, It is also the exercise or the lesson of Tama. It is the kind of the, work, of the walk which is very special or very exceptional. It is not the ordinary kind of walk like you do the walking in the morning of which we call morning walk. It is not, because it is the kind of walk without the walker. You walk from the center to here. It's merely the walking. It's merely the work of the walking. That is probably enforced by the wisdom. The wisdom or the knowing of the walking, and you merely walk without the self in this walking. And when we learn to walk without the walker or the walk without the self, it is the thing that we need to study in details, or it is the thing that we need to discuss more about it later. The principle of studying about the not-self is that learn to do the things without the doer, merely the doing without the doer. Or when we do anything, there is merely the movement of the doing, but there is not self involved in that doing at all. The concept of having the self has been derived or has been occurred because of advicha or ignorance. In fact, or the truth there is not self at all. And so please don't believe the concept because it is misconcept. It is not the true concept. Most people do not like or do not want to study about the self or to study about not-self. But it can't help all those people to think about having the self because we get used to it since we are born. But at the same time, We cannot help to spend some time to study about the thing of which is called not-self in order to be able to get to the truth of the nature or to the reality of it. Please try to have an observation right now. In order to be able to see the difference of the concept of having self and the concept of not self or having not self or no self at all, please observe this truth. So you will see the difference between these two concepts the concept of having self and the concept of having no self at all. The more difference it is, the more result we shall feel about it, or we shall get into the truth of it. So now we are going to talk about the thing of which we call ma. And it is the thing that most of human beings are trying to search for it. If there is a question asking, why Dhamma or why do we come to study Dhamma? The answer should be, in order to be able to get the supreme thing or the highest value of the things that human beings should have, in this life. To be born as human beings and being to get the highest value as human beings, it is merely because we study and we understand and we practice Dhamma. And when I say Dhamma, I hope that all of my friends understand it means the word that we pronounce Dhamma, D-H-A-R-M-A, Dhamma or dhamma is the same word. So we ought to understand what is Dhamma? What does it mean when we say Dhamma? General principle that we should realize or bear in mind is that. We should know that when we say or when we talk about Dhamma, it is the same as we are talking about the nature. Because when we say something or talk something about Dhamma, we are talking about nature. When we come to study about Dhamma, we should know that there are four meanings concerning the word dhamma. The first one, the nature. The second one, the law of nature. The third one, the function to perform according to the law of nature. And the fourth one is the effect, after performing the function according to the nature. When people have studied about these four meanings of Dhamma and practicing accordingly, of course, they will have Dhamma in their mind. When we say the nature, it covers the phenomenon about the nature. Some may concern about living beings, Some may concern the unliving beings, but it doesn't matter if they are living beings or unliving beings. They are nature or the nature itself, included in the nature or the nature itself. In the nature itself, when people study in the nature itself, we see that there is the law of nature in the nature. And so, according to the law of nature, it has manifested itself to all people to realize that everything on earth has to be according to the law of nature. And this is very absolute. It is very true. Nothing can escape from this. The law of nature, it is beyond all things in the world. If we would like to call it God, we can do that. If we would like to call or understand the law of nature as God, we can take this understanding about the law of nature, just the same as God. The law of nature, is a very absolute law. And so it has the characteristic of enforcement that we should use the word duty rather than function. Because when we use the word duty, there is the characteristic of enforcing in doing it in itself. And any human being or any people who will not perform the duty accordingly. Of course, they will die. Or if they don't die, they will live in unpeacefully or living with restlessness all their life. To perform the duty, according to the law of nature, is the third one, or the third meaning. And so the last one is the result of performing the duty according to the law of nature. And in performing the duty, again, it depends what type of duty the people has performed. If the one has performed the right duty or performed the duty correctly, of course the result will be correct. If the person has performed the duty incorrectly, the result will be accordingly. That is incorrect or dissatisfied. So, to put it In conclusion, so our friends will be able to remember it easily. The first one, the first meaning concerning the nature itself. The second one, the law of nature. The third one, duty according to the law of nature. And the fourth one, the result. The result after performing the duty according to the law of nature. So please remember these four words or these four factors according to the meaning of Dhamma. In Buddhism, there are only four meanings of the things that we have mentioned. And these four things, it means nature, Or in Bali word, we'll use the word Dhamma. So Dhamma or nature, it means the same thing. In Buddhism, there is nothing that we can say is supernatural, nothing like that. And so please try to understand and remember about the meaning of Dhamma in this way. So we we'll see that the word nature or the word Dhamma in Bali language covers everything on earth, everything in the world. If we try to understand this part clearly, then we shall understand about the word Dhamma. Even though something that it seems is not the Dhamma, The nature, but still we call Dhamma. This means that when we talk about Dhamma, some may have some definition about the word Dhamma in mind. Like Dhamma means nature, Dhamma means righteousness. But in fact, when we talk about the word Dhamma, everything in the world, everything on earth is under or is included in one word of Dhamma. You may find this rather strange, or you may think it's a funny idea, but in fact it is. Dhamma covers everything on earth. So please try to understand this point, whether you believe it or not, but please try to understand and consider on this point first. There is another point that I should like all of you to pay attention to it. That is, if we want to understand about the word Dhamma more clearer and deeper and more duller, please know that there is no way to translate the word Dhamma in other languages whatever language it is, because it cannot cover the word tamma in all aspects. That's why we have to use the word dhamma as it has been used in the Indian language from the old times, because this word tamma covered everything. And then we translate it, or if we want to translate it into other languages, it cannot cover, it cannot cover every meaning of the word dhamma as it has in itself. In England, there are some, the, there are the, there were the linguistics of the English language. Try to translate the word dhamma into English language and they could collect about thirty-eight words to cover the meaning of the word Dhamma. But even though it could not cover every meaning of the meaning of Dhamma itself, at last they gave up. They gave up to try to translate the word Dhamma in English, and at last they accepted the word Dhamma and put it in the English dictionary. Is the same as the word Tao or Taoism of Lao Jing, Chi, the Chinese scholar. If anybody would like to translate the word Tao in other languages, it's impossible. And so at last, now we still use the word Tao or Taoism because it cannot be translated to cover all meanings of its word. You would be surprised to hear that. Another aspect of the word Dhamma is that if any questions that anyone would like to raise and ask, you can find the answer from the word Dhamma. The other way to say is, Dhamma can answer all questions to human beings, whether you believe it or not. You will see for that, into that for yourself later. Such as, or for instance, the question is, why there is the world? Or why the world is created? The answer is, it's because of the Dhamma. And if, why the world will be destroyed? The answer is Dhamma. Why the world still moves around? The answer is because Dhamma. And if the world will stops moving, again the answer is, it's because of Dhamma. Next question. Suppose there is a question such as why we are successful in our life? The answer is, it is because of Dhamma. Because we have Dhamma, we practice Dhamma. And if the questions, why do we fail in our life? Why we always face with such failure in our life? Again, the answer is, it is because of Dhamma, because we don't have Dhamma in our mind. We don't know Dhamma. That's why we fail in life. Or if you ask, why there is war, war among nations, war among countries? Again, it is because of Dhamma. And then why the war stops, Stop fighting? Again, it is because Dhamma. So please observe the meaning of Dhamma, the influence of Dhamma in human beings life and to the world. When we say something it is good again, it's because of Dhamma. And when we say something is bad again, it's about Dhamma. because of dhamma so my friends while you are listening to this influence or power of dhamma some may understand some may not but however please try to put your effort to study more so you will understand more deeper and clearer even though when we talk about the four meanings of dhamma the nature the law of nature, the duty according to the law of nature, and the result accordingly. These four meanings, or the acting or the doing according to the four meanings of the Dhamma, sometimes it might be in a negative way. In the other time, it might be in positive. It really doesn't matter positive or negative, but the result or the effect always derives under from the influence of the word Dhamma. Even though when we say it is wrong or it is right, again, it concerns the word Dhamma. Both of it concerns the word Dhamma. It is the nature, it is the law of nature. It depends. How do we react to it? Why some people are rich? Some why people are poor? Again, it is because of Dhamma. And when we say, Dhamma, please don't forget about the meaning of the four, the four meanings of the word Dhamma, the nature, the law of nature, the duty, and the result accordingly. The duty through the duty. Why some children are such good children, and some are the rebellious one, rebellious one. Why? Again, it is because of dhamma. Some of my friends may argue on the point that. If some children are good, behave themselves in a good way, it is because they have brought up by their parents. And those who have turned to be the unwanted ones or the bad ones, again, it's because they have been brought up that way. But it doesn't matter which points that we would put into argument. is again cannot escape from the word dhamma or from the influence of the dhamma. It covers everything. Why some people are in good health and some people are very unhealthy, again, it is because of dhamma. Sometimes when we have the meal We feel it's very delicious, it tastes good, but sometimes it tastes so bad, we can't take it. Why? Again, it's because of Dhamma. Sometimes when we go to the bathroom and you can perform the duty in the bathroom conveniently, But sometimes it doesn't go the way you want. You know why. Again, it's because of Dhamma. Whether it is true or not, think carefully, consider carefully. It doesn't matter how millions of questions that we will put into it. The answer is because of Dhamma, because of Dhamma. This principle about the answer of Dhamma, or Dhamma can answer to all questions, we can apply to all things in the world, including animals, all living beings, including animals. If you understand the meaning of Dhamma on this point, as we have cited many examples about the question, then you will understand the meaning of Dhamma and you will understand what Dhamma is. It is impossible to translate the word Dhamma in any language, but it's very amazing that the word Dhamma can answer every question. Then we have talked that. The word Dhamma, there are four meanings of the word Dhamma. Which one among these four that would be the most significant, the most meaningful one? The first, the nature. The second, the law of nature. The third, beauty according to the law of nature. And the fourth, the result or the effect, accordingly. So please try to consider carefully, my friends, just to see among these four which one that is the most significant, which one that is the most meaningful, and which one that we should learn to emphasize until we understand it well. In order to make children understand about the meaning of Dhamma, so we would put it in short that the meaning of Dhamma means beauty, beauty, to put it in short. Then we say in full, we say full meanings. But if we want to say it short for children or general people to understand it easily, we would say the meaning of Dhamma means beauty. And so, In the dictionary of the Indian, they put the word Dhamma and the meaning of the word Dhamma in the dictionary is beauty, means beauty. And so, my friends, you'll see that among these four meanings of the Dhamma, the third one is the most significant or the most meaningful one, that is Dhamma means beauty. and if anybody would not perform the duty as one should be of course the one will die. We must know or understand all the four meanings of Dhamma but the one or the factor but we need to put it into practice in our daily life or every moment of life is the third one. That is about the duty, to perform the duty. In order to understand or have the knowledge about performing the duty to the last or to the clear meaning of this point, we need to learn and study about the nature first and then about the law of nature. And after we have clear understanding on these two meanings, then we shall be able to perform the duty accordingly. For instance, we need to know what is life. What is life? Life in all aspects. Physical, in physical life, mental life, spiritual life. If we know these three aspects about life, we can say that we know the nature. And after we know the nature of life, physically, mentally, spiritually. Later on, we studied about the law of nature, that in this life there is the thing that we call the law of nature, which compares all aspects of life. And when we learn until we understand clearly about the meaning in all aspects of the law of nature, then we can say, now I know what the law of nature is. And after we have full knowledge or complete knowledge and understanding about the nature and the law of nature, of course, we shall be able to perform the duty correctly and rightly. And if we can do this, of course, we shall live in peace. If we know the nature and the law of nature correctly, of course, we shall understand the duty accordingly, correctly. And in fact, it seems that it is not necessary at all to think about the result that will come from the performing of the duty according to the law of nature because whatever duty that the people has performed, the result must be accordingly. It cannot be other thing else. If human beings perform the duty rightly or correctly, of course, the person will be survived, will escape from problems and took to understand about the nature and the law of nature and then practice the duty accordingly. The result will be so satisfying. So the knowledge about the Dhamma that is very important at the beginning. The knowledge about the nature and the law of nature is very important at the beginning and after having the knowledge, put it into practice. And this is again very essential. And after that there will be the result followed accordingly. So, first of all, we need to understand the meaning of Dhamma correctly and completely, not only correctly but completely in all aspects. That's why we have to emphasize about the four meanings of Dhamma because it is very, very important for us that we are beginning to study about Dhamma. Or when we first come to get in touch with the Dhamma, we need to learn and understand about the four meanings of Dhamma. So please don't get bored or feel bored when you hear us emphasize on the points or the meanings of Tama so much, because it is very very important at the beginning. I have mentioned to you when at the first at the beginning of our talk this morning that why do we come to Tama? People come to Dhamma because we would like to get the highest things or the highest value, valuable things in life. And so in order to get or to have that, we need to practice according to the Dhamma or the law of Dhamma. And then certainly we shall receive the highest valuable things that human beings should have or should get in this life. The highest thing or the supreme thing that we are talking about, in fact, it is the same thing. What difference is only a matter of the word or the language? such as in some relation of which there is God as the highest thing. And so when we talk about the highest thing in that relation, it would mean the time that the, re- the religious people in that religion will have the opportunity to unite to become one with God, and that will be the highest thing. But in that religion, but in Buddhism, there is no God. And so, the highest thing in Buddhism would refer to the thing of which is called nipana, that my friends may be familiar with this word. Nippana, and so any time that the people can reach and or can attain to the state of Nippana, that is the highest thing in Buddhism. So when we say the highest thing, really it means the same thing. The difference is only a matter of practice, a matter of understanding and a matter of language. When we say niprāna, it means the state of coolness and really cool without problem. There is one word that we may use, so we shall have mutual understanding. And that is about the word salvation. When we talk about the word salvation, we do hope that all of our friends would understand its meaning. What we are searching for or what we are looking for in this life is for salvation, isn't it? In Bali word, there is one word that we call vimutti, And when we say vimutti, there is the same meaning as salvation. And so, when we come to think about the meaning of the word salvation, we do hope that every of us will understand the same thing or we are talking the same thing. And this is Dhamma. If we will use one word to cover this, it concerns the word Dhamma. If We would like to elaborate the meaning of the word a little bit. We may use the word emancipation or liberation, but it really doesn't matter at all what word that we use, because at the end or by the end, it will come to the word of the meaning salvation. And so it doesn't matter which word that we use, please understand that the highest thing in life that human beings are looking for is for salvation. When we talk about salvation, there are two kinds of salvation. First, we refer to salvation, physical salvation. Or concerning the material things, such as physical salvation. So, when we say salvation, physical salvation, we refer to we shall liberate or escape from physical death. The other type of salvation is spiritual, spiritual salvation. And when we say spiritual salvation, we refer to the ability to escape from all kinds of problems. In this sense, we don't want to use the word "tukka," or it's not necessary to use the word escape from tukka," because even though the thing that we call happiness it can become problems to life too. Please consider it carefully. Even though the things that we call happiness, it can bring problems to life. So anything that is negative or positive, it can bring or create problems to life. It makes life restless. It makes life unpeaceful. So, when we talk about salvation, please understand that there are two kinds of salvation, physical salvation and spiritual salvation. General people would think that if anything that we come across are in positive way, then there's no problems. But in fact, It is not. If we try to consider carefully, we'll see that even though the positive things can become problems because it will encourage people to fall in love with it, cling to it, attach to it until we are under delusion. We forget everything, merely cling to it. And in this case, It seems that the person will never be contented, always in hungry, feel hungry, feel thirsty. And this kind of hunger and thirst never come to an end. So if we really need to have a real salvation, should learn to live beyond negative and positive, and then we shall truly reach salvation, spiritual salvation. We shall certainly reach or attain spiritual salvation. If we try to consider it carefully, mindfully, we'll see that the more we get the positive things, or mean the things that we like. Anytime we like, anytime we want, we can get it. And this is the positive thing. The more we get it, the more selfish we are. Unintentionally, unconsciously, and coming to talk about the word selfishness, all of us will see that, how much selfishness is, is very nasty thing, dirty thing. It's the things that we don't like to to get near to it. Because selfishness is the cause of all problems of life, personal life and the problems of the world also. And in fact, the positiveness does not correct or cannot correct any problems in the world. So should try to learn not to cling to the positiveness. Nowadays it seems that technology is much so advanced and it has provided us to have conveniences and comforts and we are satisfied with it because we think these are the positive things that we need in life but the more we get the more selfish we are in, with intention or without intention and so we shall observe or realize that it is this selfishness that has caused problems to life, to human beings, and to the world. Let us come to explore about the bad effect or the worst effect of selfishness. Let's come to study about Pollution. There is a lot of talking about pollution nowadays. Pollutions everywhere, pollutions in the air, in the water, in the food, everywhere about pollution. How does pollution arise? Is it because of selfishness or not? Or problems about drugs, about some of the dangerous diseases, such as the egg, of which animals would not be sick because of this kind of disease. And so all these things arising from the word selfishness, or selfishness is the cause of all problems. The last that we would like to talk about problems is problem about war. War among peoples, war in the family, war in the society, or war among nations, or the world war. All of these wars arises from selfishness, So, anything that we would say is bad, is worse, all comes or arises from selfishness. And selfishness arises from the ignorance of clinging to positiveness. So, if we really aim at celebration in life, we sh- must try to conquer or to beyond both positive and negative. And then we shall be beyond from selfishness or escape to be selfish. And then peace will appear or establish in the mind of human beings and the world. If we will put it simpler than that. For instance, about glad, the feeling of gladness and sadness. Usually, people would prefer to be glad or to have gladness. But again, it's the clinging to positiveness. Or about sadness, is too bad. If we have to feel sad all the time, at last, we wouldn't be able to sleep at night. So, what people need to do is to learn to be beyond positive and negative. And Dhamma will assist us to be able to beyond or to live beyond positive and negative. And let us emphasize again that Dhamma can solve all problems. Dhamma will help people to escape from the influence of positiveness and negativeness. That is to be able to live normally, peacefully. It's not necessary to laugh all the time or to cry all the time. You may think, oh, that's incredible, but just consider carefully. Suppose we have to laugh 24 hours, we have to cry 24 hours. Can we bear that? Of course not. We'll die because of laughing. We'll die because of crying. And so just learn to, be, to live beyond negative and positive. And then we shall be able to live smoothly, normally, and peacefully, and that is to live with Dhamma. We shall be able to live peacefully, both physically and spiritually, mentally. Physically, mentally, and spiritually. There would be anything that will make us to lose balancing of life. Usually human beings are ready to cling to the things. And so the mind is will be, and so the mind will become unstable, shaking, moving all the time. But if any person can maintain the state of the mind, in a steady way, very stable, so problems will not appear or occur in the mind. So anytime that the mind clings to positiveness or negativeness, and that is, we say, the mind is so full of the conditioning of this and that, and then life, we're always confronting with restlessness, anxiety, and all problems. When we have received a letter or a telegram, how do we feel? When we first open the letter or the telegram, is the mind stable in equilibrium or is the mind begins to shake? to stir, to move about the news in the letter or in the telegram. If it is, it means that the mind of such person is ready to cling to positiveness or negativeness. Coming to think carefully, we realize that both positiveness and negativeness merely torment, torment to life, so, why don't we try to live beyond negative and positive so the mind will always be in peace? If there is positiveness in the mind or if we cling to positiveness, of course, negativeness will follow We cannot avoid that because under the law of nature, all things in the world will change. It cannot be steady. It always flows all the time. When positiveness comes and disappears, and then negative will substitute. Even though there is no negative, we are in positive way all the time. But even though we shall begin to cling to it unconsciously and then life will become terrible, awful. So, life will be beyond problems, that is, beyond questions and problems. There is only one way, that is, please try to study and understand all aspects of Dhamma and then Dhamma will help to answer all questions and provide all the necessary things that is necessary and worth of life. Both positiveness and negativeness are heavy. Both of them are heavy equally of which we can call is a burden of life. Only it's different in a form. For instance, suppose we carry the big stone or rock, it's heavy, isn't it? The other time we carry the diamond, the jitter. It's still heavy, but is different kinds of happiness. Did you follow? Because one thing is the thing that we don't want to carry, such as the big rocks, the big trees, it's heavy, and we don't see that it's valuable, it's precious. We don't want to, and this we may compare to the negative, negativeness. The other thing we would like very much to carry to have, to possess, that is the jewel or the the diamond. For instance, the jewel or the diamond. We would like very much to have it, to possess it. But again, it becomes burden, but in a different form. And most of the people are carry the positiveness. Or cling to positiveness and this positiveness has become a burden of life without knowing it without realizing it. If we don't know about this truth, we shall attach to positive, either positive or negative, and then life will bite its owner. In fact, there is nothing that comes to bite life. In fact, it is life itself that bites its owner. And so, to attach to positiveness, that is the thing that can bite its own life. For instance, about talking about love, love is always positive. But even though love can bite the owner or the lover, even though it is good love, correct love, is still a burden and it can bite because it's something that has brought the feeling of burning in the mind. And so Whatever positiveness it is, it always bites its owner. Even hatred or anger or aversion that we usually have or we usually fear, it still bites its owner, bites the life of its owner because of hatred or because of anger. Or or fear, of which we usually have fear in the mind. Even though they shall realize that they are having fear or we do not have fear, but still, very often, there will be fear arising in the mind. And this fear can arise from both positive and negative. And when fear arises in the mind again, Life is beaten by it. Sometimes, while we are wide awake, still having fear, even though in sleepness, we still have fear, unconsciously. How does fear arise? It will arise from the feeling of insecurity. And so, to have fear, again, it just buys the life of the fearer. Some enjoy to have excitement in life because they feel that ex- excitement has stimulated life to become lively, such as seeing the boxing or some sports or sometimes just trying to find something to inspire or stimulate more of excitement. Even though some would feel it's good, but still excitement can bite one's own life. There are lots of things or lots of examples but we think that this is just enough for the examples that we have cited. But in fact there are many, many things that can bother the life and bite the life. Our life will be bitten by all of these things. But Dhamma will help us to be escaped from being bitten by one's own clinging, and so just try to learn and study dhamma and dhamma will help us to be able to live in peace when we talk about equilibrium it's the same as liberation dhamma will assist human beings to be able to live freely really free, really liberating. The person or the people will not be imprisoned because of the clinging or the attaching, because the person can be able to live life beyond positive and negative. And this, I should like to say, it is a new life. And this kind of new life, it doesn't matter It will say, it's the highest thing life we can live with God or we can unite to be one with God or we can attain Nipana, it's the same. It's the highest thing in life that human beings are searching for or are looking for and it's the aim of life. And this is the new life, to have tama always dhamma in the mind, and this is a new life, a new life with dhamma. The highest thing or the supreme thing we may refer to God or Nipana is the same. The difference is only the name or the way we call it. So, dhamma will assist us to be able to live beyond all problems. And so anybody or any people who can attain the Supreme thing, of course, they will always have a harmonious life, smooth life, peaceful life. That is, the life that will be never beaten by anything. And so we think that all that we have discussed or talked this morning has answered the question, of why Dhamma, or why do we come to Dhamma. I should like to thank you very much to all of you who are very, very good attendants. You have listened attentively, with patience, and we do hope that you will receive the knowledge and understanding about Dhamma and the answers to the questions of why Dhamma and why do we come to Dhamma. Thank you. And it's the end of the meeting.